Now, to other significant matters, and of course these concern the situation overseas, there's been a week now since the Hamas militant group in Gaza launched a surprise coordinated attack on Israel. It shocked Israel. It shocked the world with its brutality. In the six or seven days since, more than 1,300 Israelis have now been confirmed killed. Some of those stories, unbelievably brutal. Scores have been taken hostage. Israel, as you can appreciate, immediately responded by cutting off the electricity, water and fuel supplies to the Gaza Strip. And as we've seen on our television screens, have launched airstrikes. They've killed more than 1,500 Palestinians to date. A ground invasion is likely the next step. If, or should I say when that occurs, it will no doubt exacerbate the humanitarian disaster, but also the geopolitical challenge which is before us. I note that the former head of MI6, Sir Alex Younger, was on the BBC the other day warning that Israel should not do what your enemy wants you to do, that is, send troops into Gaza. He said that Hamas would be well pleased, that was his words, well pleased, to see the conflict develop in such a way. Mind you, many are saying, what choice does Israel have? Well, someone who knows this scene back the front is the former Labor MP, the past chair, in fact, of the Foreign Affairs, Defence and Trade Committee, Michael Danby. And I'm glad to say he joins us on the program once again. Uh, Michael, thank you for your time. Morning, Michael. Morning, Sydney. Uh, Seven days on, the stories that continue to come out of Israel and increasingly out of the Gaza Strip are just almost unimaginable to Australian mindsets and yet sadly all too familiar for that part of the world. Uh, Let's just call a spade a spade, though, at the top of all of this. Let's go back seven days. The Hamas militants went in. Uh, They were, at that point in time, unprovoked. What occurred was a terrorist attack, and yet too many people found it difficult to call it as such. Why is that? I don't think um, uh, some of them have the imagination to understand the horror of what's happening, and they just see it in the perspective of the usual backwards and forwards of the Israel-Palestinian conflict. Three times as many people uh, died in this per capita as died in 9-11 in the destruction of the Twin Towers. So that gives you some scale. But it's the horror of uh, what these people actually did. The British Security Minister, Tom Tugendhat, who's no excitable Zionist, um, soberly said to Sky UK yesterday that women, women, and I asked Marine Faruqi to look at the cameras, um, were raped to death by these barbarians from Hamas. This is depraved, Michael. This is why Australians can't understand it. We're happy-go-lucky people. We're uh, smiling, we're prosperous, we're, we love the sun and the races and the football. How can people conceive of people behaving like this? The hatred that that involves. And that, that, it's important to understand that hatred because that's why it's difficult to solve this conflict. If it was just rational Palestinians and Israelis arguing over this piece of land or that piece of land, it could all be achieved, the two-state solution that Australia originally voted for in the partition of Palestine in 1948. But it's not. We've got um, religious fundamentalists. Now the problem is that they're backed by a state, by Iran, Mm -hmm. which is the main uh, progenitor of terrorism all around the world. And, Michael, there's something else happening, and that is the world is shifting underneath our feet. These events 
are connected to what's happening in Ukraine and to the Chinese threats against Taiwan. Um, Premier Xi said to Putin outside uh, his palace in Moscow when he visited him the, the other uh, month that um, the, uh, we're changing the world for 100 years um, against the Western system, and I can feel it. I can see it. Um, Iran's pro- providing drones to kill innocent Ukrainians. Uh, they're funding uh, these Hamas and Hezbollah uh, fanatics. Um, uh, the Russians are uh, very happy with what's happened because all of the Israeli ammunition that was being gradually um, sent off to Ukraine now will have to stay there. So it's I can understand how Australians um, can't understand this. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's really shifting beneath our feet. And the last thing I'd say is, if Elbow's worried about how Australia will be defamed... Yeah, we've just got to be careful what we say. But, yes, I understand I understand the, the slogans that were, were said, but we'll, we'll just refrain from using some of the, <laughs> the four-letter words if we can, Michael. Uh, let, let me just ask you, let me just ask you this. Uh, regarding the, the situation before us, I mean, one can have sympathies with people in Gaza for the plight that they have, the history that uh, some uh, argue on different sides of the coin has been involved since the partition of Palestine in the 40s and all the rest of it. How one can then, though, go the next step, Michael, and have sympathies with terrorist activities that do the most heinous and horrendous... I mean, it's terribly graphic, but we have to describe it so people understand. Uh, the most heinous and horrific things that have happened. I just can't comprehend. And, and this isn't just you know, uneducated people or people that troll the internet and get their news. The, the, some of these are well-educated people out of Harvard we've seen recently. Academics and the like, you know, the best and brightest, quote-unquote, sympathising with the terrorist organisation. Well, simultaneously, as the geopolitical sands are shifting underneath our feet, and I don't think Australia is well prepared for it in its self-defence for that, we've got the woke culture at our universities undermining our own belief in our own society. Now, a reasonable person who's pro-Palestinian might say, I believe in a two-state solution, I believe in a Palestinian state, the Israelis should be reasonable, but I absolutely condemn these terrible... Um, attacks on civilians. Mm. Now, that's what a normal person would say. That's right. But Maureen Faruqi, Green Senator from New South Wales, attacks Australia and said it's one colonial power defending another. What a disgrace. Why did she come from Pakistan if she hates Australia so much? Why does she say those kind of things when women have been raped, children murdered in front of their parents? How can any human being, let alone a senator, of the Australian Parliament say things like that. I mean, Lydia Thorpe hasn't even gone that far. No, mind you, she's not alone. And and, and to the Greens, I know you're an old Labor man, uh, and Labor and the Greens don't always see eye to eye, despite what some would suggest is the case being both of the left. But yeah, the the Greens here, surely, for some of those that vote Green thinking they're about saving koalas and and planting trees, have exposed themselves, many of them, for their true ideological allegiances, have they not? I mean, some, some of the walkouts on votes, you know, not votes that stand in solidarity with Israel as a nation state or anything, you know, votes that condemn terrorist activities you know, Greens have walked out of. Michael, and people all over Sydney will just be scratching their heads at these local uh, Green Party 
MPs' behaviour, they, they would have thought that was the human minimum. You're not asking people to declare themselves members of the Zionist Federation, but no. they can at least say that you know the awful death of these civilians should should be uh, condemned. And I, I ask through your program, to young people, when you when you vote for the Green Party, please don't think it's about as you just said koalas and climate change. It's the awful foreign policy. Just contrast to I'd say this to any young people: go and Google. Uh, Annalisa Boberts, the uh, German Green Foreign Minister, and see her humanitarian statement, see her distinction between the awful murder of civilians, opposition to terrorism, and principal support for a two-state solution. Now, that's where principal people of the left would be. But, of course, these green political party uh, people, are, they're just bogans. They're intellectual bogans. Who, Very who, provincial. Uh, you know, mm. It's just, they can't um, imagine what's been done and that you, when you're voting for them, you're not just voting for their koala and uh, environment policies, you're voting for these dreadful positions that they take, anti-human positions. Indeed. Now, within your own side of politics, and I mean, you've known this ever since you've been in the Labor Party and, and just for those that aren't aware, you are Jewish yourself. But, but within your own side of politics, there has been equivocation uh, since day one of this as well. I note Paul Kelly writing today in The Australian, he says, and I quote, the Labor Party is going to be engulfed again in the politics of the Israel-Palestine crisis. All week, Anthony Albanese, he says, has walked a hazardous path, gradually increasing the tenor of his support for Israel, but aware of the strong pro-Palestinian sentiment within Labor. Uh, in the Financial Review, Philip Curry wrote this week effectively the same thing, that many in Labor have been walking on eggshells. Uh, as I say, we understand it's a complicated history in that part of the world, uh, and history does inform the present. But when a terrorist attack occurs, irrespective of where it occurs, surely eggshells need not be walked on. Statements should be clear, immediate and abrupt. Yeah, well, you contrast um, some of the clear statements of leaders overseas, even poor old Biden, uh, the British Prime Minister Sunak, the German Social Democrat uh, Bundeskanzler um, Olaf Scholz, with the Australian comments, and they, they do seem merely enough. But this is going to get worse, Michael, because as you uh, can see, the Israelis respond in Gaza, and there are some um, non-deliberate killing of civilians. It'll happen it must if you're going to do a sort of vast military operation like that. And they're going to do that because in the north of Gaza, uh, most of these underground tunnels which uh, from which Gaza um, spends all of its money, where Hamas spends all of its money, where they control all of these kinds of operations. Uh, the, the, there are people in the Labor Party who are going to jump up and say, you know, oh, the Israelis are as bad as the, the Hamas uh, uh, terrorists. They won't have condemned the Hamas terrorists, but when those days come, uh, they'll support Israel's right to self-defence until it actually exercises it, until it actually exercises it. So, um, you know, I can see the double standards coming out. I do mourn for the uh, uh, people of both sides who are going to die. It's, it's, uh, it's inevitable and it should never have happened and there's going to be a terrible political account for this inside Israel for the frankly, incompetent intelligence and operational um, preparation for these days. All of these people uh, needn't have died, in my opinion, and the people who are going to die needn't have died if uh, 
the Israelis didn't have hubris and had been better prepared. Well, this is another point, isn't it? And you know all too well that there's great division within Israel, just as we've been speaking about the voice here, and Indigenous Australians don't speak with one sort of homogenous blob of a voice even in Israel uh, there are very very different and stridently different points of view politically that that to a degree has been ironed over in the last week out of necessity but that will re-emerge uh, ahead as well just in closing Michael I want you just to put your broader foreign policy expertise hat on here and just speak to this there are many lessons are there not for Australia in the situation from Israel about military preparedness now we face our own challenges in this part of the world without trying to scare the horses. We know what we're talking about here. It seems, though, unlike Israel, individually and governmentally, we are nowhere near prepared to meet those challenges should they arise. Is this a wake-up call for us? You're dead right. Um, it just shows you the world as you know it can change overnight. That's the parallel with uh, the Hamas unprovoked attack on Israel. Imagine the Chinese set up an, a naval base in the Solomons, mm. um, 3,000 miles off uh, Townsville, and are able to interdict um, American oil. Um, we get our strategic oil from the Americans. We, we don't have our own oil reserves here. Um, or or uh, shipping between the two countries. That's what the Japanese tried to do during the Second World War. Uh, Richard Miles was an old friend of mine, and he's been poor as a defence minister, as were his liberal predecessors. We need long-range missiles. We need sea mines. Um, people should be continually reading Greg Sheridan and the Australian and petitioning their MPs. It's urgent. Um, the, the defence of Australia is being left out there in the wind by people in the Defence Department and our current government who just... Same old, same old reaction to things. We're going to get the submarines from the Americans, hopefully, in the 2040s, if the Republicans and, and Donald Trump don't block it in the meantime, as they have with um, resupplying uh, Ukraine. But um, the lack of urgency and the lack of equipment um, and the lack of long-range missiles in particular. I noticed we cancelled a third um, squadron of F-35s and it just sort of was blown off as if uh, uh, nothing was happening. But uh, it's the lack of urgency and the lack of equipment that would enable us to deal with a maritime challenge um, that would surround Australia, as, it, as I believe Beijing will try and do with Taiwan. They won't attack um, them head on, but they'll do a, a blockade. And how um, they face that and how we face that, that's the, that's the next uh, world-changing challenge that might happen a la the events in Ukraine, or all are the events in the Middle East. Yes, indeed. Uh, instructive, as always, to talk to you, Michael, even though certainly personally for you, these are very, very difficult circumstances. I understand that, and I appreciate your time and your insight. Thank you for that, and uh, have a good day. Love to all my friends in Sydney. Thank you. Michael Danby there, as I said, the former Labor MP, uh, based in Victoria, of course, but uh, also the past chair of the Foreign Affairs, Defence and Trade Committee.